0: to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast. Welcome back for those of you that have been with us the whole ride long and for the newest members of our audience, welcome as well. Today's podcast is going to be a revisit. We want to go back to Chapter 5 and give ourselves a chance to revisit this topic, topic on addiction. So last week, in last week's podcast, we had mentioned that we're kind of closing things off as far as covering the book. However, um, after we had thought about it a little bit, we wanted to cover cap- chapter five with some more information coming in after we did the original recording, actually, um, the original recording of the podcast for chapter five and wanted to kind of do a do over. So that's what this is. Uh, we never put up the original recording because we wanted to cover this in a little bit um, more in depth with the information we got actually going through the book together, Michael and I. And so here it is. So this is the, this is really, truly the last chapter of the book that we'll cover in the podcast before moving on to other topics. As we said, the podcast will definitely continue to thrive. So let me get right into starting with some statistics first. And these are just what studies shown. These are not my statistics. These are what studies shown. Michael's research, um, 30 to 50% of those affected with ADD, ADHD, use drugs or alcohol to self medicate. These can be, but not necessarily limited to uh, drugs, alcohol, but also food, cigarettes, and other high risk behaviors. One of the things to note is having gone through definitely a, a good portion of my life. And only having realized afterwards, i mentioned this multiple times that I realized late in life that um, one of my issues was food addiction, and it, it is real. Um, I think most people, um, mentioned so many times, associate that word addiction with alcohol and drugs, the big stuff. Food is very much an addiction. Cigarettes, high-risk behaviors are an addiction. They are all patterns you get into, and let's fr- bring it into ADD, ADHD, One of the things you'll hear today on our discussion is that there's a cycle, and the reason ADD, ADHD, uh, the ADD, ADHD community so much deals with this topic of addiction, and that's part of what we'll be covering today. It can also go further. It can be things you may have never thought of as addiction, such as video game addiction, and in this day and age, internet addiction, gambling, absolutely. Any type of compulsive behavior uh, on social media or even your cell phone, these are things they're finding out now are the new age versions of addiction. It's real. It happens. There is an undoubted connection with uh, ADD, ADHD. Again, not this is what studies have shown. Uh, a big connection with homeless and uh, the addiction cycle and ADD, ADHD. Connections with the troubled artists. We've mentioned so many times, and Michael has in the book and on the website, about the connection between ADD, ADHD, and the creative type, the creative hunter type. Um, Countless artists, musicians, writers, stand-up comedians, notoriously have struggled, do struggle with addiction. Stimulants for hunter types... um, Stimulants for hunter types are especially addictive, and that's part of what we'll get into today. So without further ado, let's bring in the author of The Drummer in the Great Mountain, The Transformational Guide to Transforming Adults, ADD, ADHD. Welcome once again, my friend. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Let's get right into it. Um, Connect the two for us, as you do in the book, but for our listening audience, what is the addiction to uh, the brain chemistry of addiction and why we're so susceptible?
1: Yeah, well, this is definitely this is what was the push to actually write the book. Uh, as I've mentioned, I think we've been talked about in the first, first uh, uh, podcast is um, just seeing, doing some research on a, on addiction through, through assisting other people that were struggling with it, who are also in the ADD, ADHD category, and then seeing a lot of the brain research that I don't think had been brought over into the ADD, ADHD world. And so it started to, to uh, put some pieces together for me. And uh, as I've continued on, it's really clear how important this information is. So I really, you know, I would, again, as you said said in the beginning, we need to, this is a really important podcast, Uh, not only for ourselves, but for people that we know who might be struggling that are in this particular, um, wired similarly as hunter types. So specifically what's going on – I mean we, if you've been tracking the podcast, you've heard us repeat it over and over again, but it's important to to revisit it – is that primarily at the core of it, what seems to denote uh, a hunter type makes us uh, challenge with focus and at the same time um, – makes us creative and potentially open to addiction is not having as many dopamine receptors in the brain. We have a lower amount and that creates this sort of restlessness and this draw towards stimulation, um, to compensate for that. And that could turn into creativity, but that can, and also on the dark side of things, leaves us, leaves us wide open for addiction, especially if we are not taking care of ourselves and our health. So, um, The one of the pieces that brought in that was pivotal in having a lot of these uh, realizations and going into writing the book was watching some videos by Dr. Kevin Macaulay. And I will uh, share those links in the podcast notes. If you look through the podcast notes, they will be there. Um, He did a a series of videos explaining why specifically alcoholism and drug addiction, uh, describing it as a disease, like why that would be considered a disease. And in that he discusses how most addiction at this point from the understanding of brain chemistry is connected to dopamine release whatever can you can become addicted to has an effect on your dopamine and that's the core and so because hunter types tend to be a, a court low we have less dopamine receptors what seems to happen is that little hit of dopamine that you get, the release of dopamine from the high-risk behavior, especially from stimulants, but even from alcohol, um, even though alcohol is considered a downer, it's it's something that it definitely releases dopamine. Anything like that starts to cue a process in our brain that leaves us open to addiction and in draws us to those particular uh, and for, on a very basic level, it it gives us that hit where we feel normal for a time, and so that's really important to to note. As you, as uh, we did in we mentioned in the opening that um, it's self medicating. Now, this has been known, I mean, this, this part of the dick, uh, hunter types and ADD and addiction has been known that this is part of like a self-medication. What I don't think is talked about is why and like what is actually going on in the brain and then what can be done so that you don't get into that cycle. Or if you're in the cycle, what are some resources that will assist you in getting out um, that may not be in your particular rehabilitation plan? And again, I want to note, we are not doctors. This is not medical advice. This is just based on research that I've done. I encourage you to do the research yourself. Um, But so making us feel normal is the reason why we then go towards a substance, including caffeine, which most everyone that I've ever worked with uh, doing life coaching with. Caffeine is still a drug. It's still a substance that... Um, affects our dopamine levels. And so if you cannot stop drinking caffeine, it's potentially an addiction. So the the question is, where's the line and how do you move towards a healthier way of living that is not self-destructive, but at the same time you're getting what you need for the focus, which sometimes caffeine and coffee and things like that bring you without going into the heavier addictions where people, you know, kids now are reporting that they go from Adderall to meth and on. And that's actually, you know, I found cases online where, where this is happening quite a bit in, in a shocking, the, the rise is going up. So these, this is the, this is the realm that we're talking about right now. So this is the, the beginnings of the why um, we're,
0: we're, we're behind the race, if you will, on, on dopamine as it is. Hunter types, yeah. that is. So the body makes up for it. And, and I think the key word is what you said in the middle there, that we gravitate towards substance of choice, behavior of choice. We gravitate towards that to get us back to what the body feels is like idle speed. We're below idle speed, mm-hmm. so it gets us back to idle speed. But delve a little bit further into it for us, and, and one of the things that you mentioned in the book, um, I know you and I have talked about it in our personal lives too, What's, what starts to bring on the cycle here? Talk about the, 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 the spark for the cycle, especially stress, and, and which gets us further into the why.
1: Exactly. Yes, and and one other note going before going into that, to, to to lead into that, I think the the point in terms of dopamine and um, focus and and getting caught by stimuli, I want to like really hit that phrase when you think about kids that have video game addiction who seclude themselves who are just on the internet all the time and it is affecting their social life and their well-being and their ability to connect with other people uh this is also in that realm if they're eating a poor diet and they're also just caught in this this cycle of whatever is creating that stimulation in the moment that's still in the addiction cycle and so leading into just what you shared, then stress and addiction. So these are even actually after writing the book, more pieces have come in. And so this is why we actually postpone this podcast. So this this particular piece is even more fleshed out as I'm going to share it than what's even in the book. So I this is it, it's important to note here. So how it seems to – how specifically addiction happens where – and I want to define addiction as anything you cannot stop doing that's having a negative effect on your life, that your your willpower does is not enough to stop you from going into the cycle that's causing you some kind of negative effect. It, it, you're, it's beyond your willpower at one point. Um, so going back to Dr. Kevin McCauley, um, one of the things that he points out in, and I saw this talk he was talking to, uh, I believe it was, Police and and uh, de- de- defending attorneys and people that are dealing with people who are caught in the addiction cycle and then going into prison. So on the very dark end of it, what seems to be the core piece is stress. Stress is actually the the, the component that starts the cycle and keeps it going. So so prime here's so basically what happens is when you are under when anyone's under stress. Include not, not just human animals, but all animals tend to go through this. Mammals have – when we go through a stressful situation where we perceive we are threatened, even if it's not physical, it's just in our head. We forget we, – the bills aren't paid or um, something's up with one of our kids or whatever it is. Your cortisol levels go up. It does, cortisol is a stress hormone that, that gets released into your body, and it gives you that fight-or-flight energy. That gives you've got to move you've got to shift yourself out of the situation, even though in our modern world it might not be a life threatening situation, our brain perceives it as that um Cortisol levels go up and the thing is that our body can't maintain those high levels of cortisol after a certain point. It's actually toxic to the body to have them that high. So the brain starts to cycle through those substances that in the past or activities that lowered cortisol levels. And so it turns out things that trigger dopamine usually lower cortisol. And so if you were in like a fight or flight situation back, you know, in prehistoric times, you would be running and moving and it'd be a high energy. You would release that cortisol. It would, you'd cycle it through your body and you'd feel better. And you'd be like, you'd be out of the situation and, and the, the cortisol through the movement, through movement and exercise would would be diffused. So it wouldn't be something that would go into your body and actually create that kind of body level anxiety that most people experience when we, have, we are feeling under stress. So how the cycle tends to work is, you've ingested a substance or you've 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 had some kind of high level high stimulating activity that releases dopamine it feels good and you feel really alive and that lowers your cortisol levels and you feel good and that experience is, is pleasurable and the brain then registers it and goes okay that's something to note that particular activity or that substance specifically mm. lowered cortisol got it and then, in the future, a stressful situation happens. So what happens how the brain functions, it goes, okay, it cycles back and says, "What in the past did that? What lowered the cortisol levels and then the brain this and this is the key piece the brain cues craving for that substance. And Mm -hmm. it's this craving. That is the addiction. That's what keeps it going. It's what your willpower can't overcome is the craving that comes up for that substance. And then because of the craving, so the stress cues the craving and then that addiction cycle then repeats. So that's the cycle. So does it, so in your studies, again,
0: the caveat that we're we're not Mm -hmm. at all, Yes, uh, putting on a side of being medical professionals. This is just yes. the discussion in the realm of your studies, your research in the book. So now you got me curious about. So this 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 stamp, this this registration. I mean, how many times have you heard people refer to scientists refer to how what a miracle the brain is, and yeah. and refer to it as a computer. So here's the computer that ran through its algorithm, and 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 you, like you said, it registered somewhere in its programming. Aha, uh-huh. you did X. And like you said, just to clarify, did X means ingest something or – because before we talked about high-risk behaviors, I want to reiterate that because it's that you actually went out and did something, did something of high-risk behavior. Whatever it is, it stamped that 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 helped me lower cortisol and is it safe to say at the same time it also noticed the rise in dopamine as well? Yeah. Kind of just, okay. Okay.
1: So, it seems to be. It seems to be the case. There, this is areas where science is still working on it. Got so it. This is really it. as of very interesting. As of now, and again, you know, continually the, 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 there's clarification. But yes, but I, it, but say, it
0: makes sense, right? I mean, yes. just non non scientist background, <laughs> communication yes. degree background can, here. <laughs> it yes. it just logically makes sense. So so the brain registers this, and then like you said, this is. This is just such a unique way to look at addiction. I think until you peel those layers and start to look at it like this, um, we, we mentioned before, for those of you that are listening to this podcast, have picked up this book, not because of yourself, but because you were worried about someone, You you're yeah. trying to help someone out look at now this perspective of addiction. And the reason I say that is I, I, we've mentioned this before, but I'd be remiss not to again is we, we, we judge so many things on the superficial level on just what we see, the behavior in someone, and then just judge them for being weak, like they're in control. Mm -hmm. But now look at addiction through this, where the brain is kind of the one that registered and said, you did that once. I want to do it again. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this question again just from you as an author standpoint because it just you yeah. got me curious now. This is taking out the argument, um, which can be its its own argument, ADHD or a Hunter type or not. This yeah. is not talking about the genetics of addiction. We're just talking about the learn, if I may, the learned behavior of addiction. How people who never it doesn't even run in their family, but ADHD yeah. This is how the body learns to be addicted, right? We're, we're, we're taking out any arguments of whether addiction runs in your family or not or anything like that.
1: Well, I think genetics are part of it. I mean it's clear okay. that ADD, ADHD is genetic. Ah. It's not everyone – and again, the jury's still out, but the, not everyone that has become addicted is ADD, ADHD. But it's, it's a high num- – it's definitely a high number in that category. Mm-hmm. So there's genetics involved and I would assume – that the process is similar throughout. I mean, as, as the further I've gone on this, I'm like, okay, you just look at all of the artists in the yes. past that have had the challenge with the day-to-day life that were struggling. But see, the, here's the other piece that, that we need to, I think need to mention is the piece that got me to study this in the first place is I was speaking to someone who was challenged with alcoholism his whole life. And he said, when he drank Alcohol, he could think clearly and Mm. focus. And Mm. that was the piece. That was like, I went, oh, wait a minute. There's something going on in his brain that is compensating for some challenge that he has in his day to day life. And so that was what led me into this. So it's important to note there's a reason, there's multiple reasons why people maintain a substance abuse or, you know, or even behavior, because on some level it's helping them.
0: Well, because this is this is the very definition of a term I've heard my whole life and didn't get it until recently. Oh, he's not he's not an everyday alcoholic. He's not out on the street homeless. He's a functioning alcoholic. This is this. It sounds like the person you were helping this sounds like what is happening for when you, because we see both sides, right? We see yeah. people who addiction takes them down the road of their life completely falling apart. But all of us know plenty of people who have what can be absolutely marked down as an addiction issue, but they've got a job, they got a car, yeah. they got a nice right. house, but you know there's this other side to them. Well, that's because for that type – and I'm I'm making conclusions here because it's just a discussion but it's just kind of making some light bulbs go off for me – is yeah. the functioning addic- addictive, the functioning alcoholic in this case, the brain registered, hey, when you give me alcohol, we level out dopamine and cortisol – now yeah. you can go get to the very work that's making you all that money and giving you the good life. But obviously there's damage there. It's not a good thing because it's making damage to the body and it's getting you into a cycle. It's, that's fascinating. That that it, kind it, of all makes sense.
1: That's it. So the so the issue becomes, and and just my own personal take is, you know, a deep level of compassion for like, you know, anyone that's who's it. listening to this that's wired the way we are. And there's people that are even more on the extreme end than I am. I mean, I don't have the the um, hyperactivity part of it. Um, it's hard. Life's hard. Life is complicated. If you're functioning at a hundred percent, like it's still exactly. overwhelming at times. Yep. Just the complexity of day to day life in the modern world is is in in the level of stimuli is is through the roof. And so we are all doing our best to manage what we're given and so the, the 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 piece of it is it's like knowing understanding the process and if you are at the level where it's actually destroying like you got to go to rehab. You have to go through a detox. There's, there, you know, your will's not going to do it. You're not going to be able to just listen to this and, and probably eat healthy and shift the addiction. It's not going to happen. The, the, the level of addiction, if it's really plugged in, you have to go to rehab. And the reason why detox works, when you detox from the substance of the behavior, mm-hmm. is your body levels out after what? The cravings, after a while, once the brain kind of realizes, okay, I'm not going to get this your dopamine levels normalize and you can you can over time l- shift the brain chemistry depending you know obviously there's many factors involved sure and so and what we want to go into now is the, okay so what are some of the pieces that may not be connected to a rehab program um, or if it's a lesser addiction something that you actually have a bit of control over like if it's a caffeine or food or something where you're able to to maybe move with it a little bit. Here's some pieces that are going to help, um, maybe shift and have more of a, a, a quicker recovery time and move you into a healthier way of living. And that's sort that's sort of the all of what's covered in the book. But specifically, we'll cover a couple points here.
0: So yeah, that's that's the part we want to cover. We presented kind of the the issue at hand, and we want to we want to give the folks as we always do. The path towards solution. But before we do that, I'd be remiss if I didn't revisit something because it, it speaks to my heart, speaks to who you are in your artist life and me. I want to make that connection because I feel like we mentioned it peripherally. So on, on the surface, if you will, I'm trying to use yeah. an SAT word never works out well for me. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about the artist type just for one second. Then I definitely want to get into sure. rehab. So there, sure. there, there, there's – there's that cycle for so is what happens. I I guess I'm speaking almost rhetorically, but I want to hear your thoughts for the audience, which is for the artist type. And you can pick any art. You can pick musicians like ourselves. Um, yes. So let's go between a musician and a stand-up comedian. The stimuli, okay. right? Because you keep mentioning yes. this 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 gear towards stimuli. So the stimuli we get as artists is from our audience. Is from. Sure. Going out there, putting our art out there, and getting it back is yes. the cycle of addiction for artists that in the artist's life, you're not yeah. always going to have that. I mean, yes. you've done your yes. show. You've done your tour. You're on break now. Yes. And isn't that where artists yeah. get in trouble is because That's it's it. their their brain is yeah. now saying, um, where's that stimuli of 100,000 people? Where is that? Yeah. Oh, you're not. I need something else. And then is that where the trap for for the artist type, if you will, happens?
1: So glad you mentioned that. Yes. So I, the thing that really I learned the most from, it, and again, if we're talking about podcasting, it's you know why the it's it's one of, it's the top ranked podcast. WTF, Mark Marin's podcast, where you oh, have interviewed. Yes. Hundreds of artists, hundreds of standup comedians. Most are in this realm, whether they you know self-identified or not, and. It's very clear. It's it's fascinating because he will walk through people's lives, and you know from you know early on and across the board over and over again. It was off. I was feeling good. Mm-hmm. I was on set. It was maybe an actor on set. As soon as the production was over, Boom. they went back and they were right back to the cycle again. So that's it. It's exactly what used to be happening. Is the the stimulation from the experience is feeding that the part of us that is looking for resolution and lacking kind of dopamine resolution.
0: and lacking dopamine to begin it,
1: with, lacking the stimula. yeah, the stimulation of the dopamine flooding into the brain. It's not actually the dopamine itself, it's right? Kind of that way, but it's mostly that the stimulation is what you're looking for. Got it. And so when you get it, you're on, you're focused, that yep. stimulation is coming back to you. <laughs> and because you're in that realm, and see, so that's the, the thing is you can be not on anything and exactly. be able to be on and be able to, yes. to have that experience, but it's but. When you're off, when you're on break, when you're not in that experience, or and I see this with a lot of people that um you know they're working on a project, they're burning on it, they're making a film. As soon as they're off, they, they get depressed, they're you know, and and if they don't comp and I actually watch it with my coaching clients, I'm like, okay, we know we're coming to a point where this is gonna be over and you're gonna be taking a break, you need to have something planned. You yeah. need to have something in the pie just something that's gonna at least Fill that hole. Otherwise, you're going to – you could potentially fall off the cliff or at least in a mild way go into a depression. And that's why they say
0: you have to be prepared again into the artist. You have to be almost prepared for stardom is because those that – haven't had a game plan. They're trying to go towards making it in their field, whatever it may be. They get it. They hit big, but there's no plan for what happens when the agent doesn't call. There's no plan for what happens if you have that one bad movie. They don't have that, that backup plan. And then boom begins the cycle. That's, that's, that's how I piece it
1: together. That's it. That's it. Well, this is good. So this is perfect segue. into Yes. Let's get into rehab. Talk to us about putting it together. what, What can do it? Okay, so you know from, from jumping off from that point, and again, this is we I want to cover the whole audience of people that are listening, so in whatever this looks like to you, I'm sure everyone here anyone who's listening who is cl- clearly in this realm of being a hundred type, you know these cycles in one way or another, so you you understand what this is all about so first order of business is what we've covered before is the basics. so if you're talking about either basically We're talking about either getting out of an addictive cycle or preventing it from happening in the first place. And ideally, if you're young and you're in your early 20s, you're just starting out, this is really important to understand these pieces. Uh, First is the basics, which is, once again, high-protein, low-carb diet – um, if you read, um, the work of Julia Ross, the mood cure is the book she studied. She, one of the key references for the book for the drummer and the great mountain, she has done, uh, addiction s- research and support specifically doing amino acid therapy, which is prime protein is amino acids and working with people in getting off addictions. And so, um, that, that book is a really essential book to discuss. You know, and read through as if you're working on a rehab program. Pick up the book, read it. She also has a clinic um, in the Bay Area, so definitely check out her work. So again, high protein, low carb diet, so that you're getting, you're feeding your brain what it needs. So that because the addiction is really very strongly connected to your brain chemistry. The other thing, very important, exercise. High protein, low carb, exercise. Exercise releases stress. It creates a more balanced dopamine release in your brain. You're going to be able to think clear. You're going to feel better. It is essential in any kind of rehabilitation program or preventing you from getting into it in the first place. That is not to say that if you're exor- there's people that exercise and still are addicted, but it's going to help. So specifically, cardio exercise at least three times a week, at least a half hour per session. Uh, the other piece is support so the you're still a hunter type so you're going to need support in some of the day-to-day stuff the things that are non-stimulating the things that cause the stress that create the cycle of of addiction so if you are you need to have specifically life coach would be essential if you're in a rehab program in some way shape or form in the two podcasts ago and in the um Life support chapter. I think it's chapter 12 in the book. It talks about how you can have a peer to peer coaching system with someone. So you're checking in on a regular basis. And this is more this isn't this is not to replace 12 step. 12 step is essential it, it's helpful i think it really does work with the right amount of su- listening and support and especially the emotional support of it and it doesn't replace detox but having a life coaching piece in with that will help you deal with the day to day life with deal with you know having some systems in place so you're getting your bills paid and you're handling your financial life those are pieces that are essential in and along with any kind of rehabilitation program, um, and so I think the other point is, if you're going to twelve step or you're going to some kind of, uh, you're going to some kind of support meetings, it's important to, if you can, cut out um, the high, the sugars and the artificials, anything that's like, if you can eat healthy, it's going to exponentially potentially exponentially make your your rehabilitation easier because you're you're not affecting your brain you're not getting your brain into that place where it's burning off you know the beneficial brain chemicals and you're you're functioning at a lower level having a nutritional plan again high protein low carb really good nutritional food Uh, You know, this is going to help, and it's shown to help. It's shown that that, along with amino acid therapy, seems to be very effective and more effective than just a standard 12-step program. And again, I would refer to the uh, mood cure by Julia Ross. And again, Um,
0: logically there, it also makes sense, too, that if you're actually feeding the body the the old adage of think of your body as, as an engine and you got to give it the things that it needs to run and not the things that'll burn it out and not give it the bad stuff. And, and, and if you think of food as, um, fuel, as this fuel that you need, um, It makes sense if you're trying to reprogram this engine. You're trying to reprogram something if you're in this addiction cycle. It only makes sense to give it the things that are going to start balancing things out for it to realize, oh, I don't need this. This is actually what I need. And so, I mean, we've we've mentioned it over and over. I mean, we're revisiting Chapter 5. But if you go in the order of things we covered, diet and exercise just have come up every podcast every chapter even if it wasn't yeah. called diet and exercise and and yeah. how much more important can can we make it um pronounced how important it is yeah than getting out of this i mean you're if you're if you're in an addiction cycle you're you're trying to pull the plane up it's going down you're trying to pull it up and you just yeah it seems like this is where it always starts and i think for those who have ever been or witnessed someone else being in an addiction cycle and said, "Yeah, you know they were on the wagon, I forget what the term is on the wagon, off the wagon, whatever the case may be." And then they got right back on, or you know, got right back into the addiction. I bet you, if you look, they didn't, they they didn't make exercise and diet a fundamental part of it. So maybe what it was yeah. was just pure willpower when they were off the stuff, yeah. but that's not going to last. If you just go off of pure yeah. willpower and don't give it a supporting program, as you mentioned, with the diet, the exercise, yeah. the support program itself, someone from the outside to help you, you're, the brain's yes. going to eventually fall back.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does seem to be just how the brain chemistry works. I mean, this this is it. And again, we are not this is not medical advice, but um, it, in terms of finding support. Um, you 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 need all of the traditional forms of support. You can't bypass those, and especially if you need a detox from a heavy substance. There's there's going into a detox program. It just it it completely makes sense. Your brain is your cravings are going to be more than you can you can handle, and so going through detox, having that that process to help level you out, and having the support you need. And then on top of that, you know, nutrition, potentially amino acid therapy, again, to look into that, and then also um, exercise. But then the next piece, and this is a very, very, very important piece. This is known in definitely in the rehab world. Stress reduction is essential. Mm -hmm. And now that, you know, we've gone through the, the, the cycle, it makes sense if if what's causing the addiction cycle is the stress if that's actually at the core of it the cortisol levels are up the brain is cueing uh the craving for whatever the substance is or the behavior that's what's causing the cycle then stress reduction has to be a huge priority as you're moving forward in your life not just you know moving through a, a particular time we're talking about all these are habits you should have in place Either one to prevent yourself from getting into this in the first place, or if you have children who are maybe struggling who are adult children or in their late teens, stress reduction is extremely extremely important. Build these habits up uh, and so with stress reduction there's a couple of things that uh, you might want to look at one would be there's nutritional there's a supplements that may be helpful uh recently i've been looking into a substance called ashwagandha which is a um which is an herb. It's an Ayurvedic herb. It goes back a thousand thousands of years. They use it in India, and it seems to be effective in lowering cortisol levels uh, and in reducing anxiety. Um, I've been pretty impressed with it. So, and it's something there's a lot there's quite a bit of research on it. Something to look at. But more, I think more effectively would be uh, a meditation program. Going to if you can find a re- like restorative yoga is actually a really body it's a body centered form of relaxation and it's really helpful if you've never done yoga and think you're gonna just you just can't do it and it's too much you know it's it's hard and you know you're not flexible look into restorative yoga it's a very it's very it takes you very deep very quickly and it's very easy to do um in a class setting and and all of the other forms of stress reduction that you can think of but sp- in you know in terms of meditation or you can even get audio that you can sit and listen to and tell yourself once a day i'm going to sit for a half an hour and listen to this listen to music whatever you can do to lower that stress and make it into a habit is going to help you maintain a level of balance <clears throat> and also if you are on the out- outer edge of moving past an addiction it'll keep you on an even keel
0: it's interesting that we decided to redo this this episode uh after we've covered all these chapters and and it was all for a reason because as you're speaking everything you're talking about i'm going back to other chapters i mean if you're like you said you're on the cusp of coming out of an addiction This stress reduction, you've just emphasized how important it is. Well, part of that is everything you mentioned ties to some other chapter in the book. You mentioned the meditation, the yoga, chapter eight, spirituality. Go back to that. Now go to that podcast with this knowledge. If you are dealing with this or if you know someone dealing with this, this is part of spreading the word. This is part of what we've tried to encourage you to do lately. Share this info with others. And we're not... Necessarily, just peddling the book here. It's, we're, we're talking about information sharing. If you've learned something from this podcast and you care for someone you see struggling with this stuff, just share the info. Start a dialogue. Uh, there's plenty of references on DrummerandtheGreatMountain.com. But you mentioned that chapter eight, spirituality. We we literally did a whole podcast on meditation techniques, diet and exercises in chapter yeah. nine, life visioning. I want to talk about this for a second because I know we got to wrap up, but. I think this is so huge because, again, it hits on something personal for me, is it is hard to reduce stress in your life if you feel like you're kind of in something, and we've talked about this in Life Vision. If you feel like you're doing something that you no longer either have a passion for, it's just not your truth anymore. Let's just say, for sake of argument, it's some day job, and it's in in, in a field that you used to be passionate about and you're not anymore, and you want to go do something else. Well, if you have a family... You can't just up and quit. If you're single, you got nothing else to lose. You can quit a job and say, I'm going to go after my passion. I'm going to go be a painter. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. If you have a family, you have responsibilities, you can't. That right there is a cause of stress. So then for someone dealing with addiction and stress because they're in something where they don't feel like it's their truth, they don't feel like it's what they belong doing, and now you're coming out of this addiction cycle, it's like, whoa, but I'm still in this stressful situation doing something I don't like doing or feel like belong doing. This is part of what we discussed right. in the life visioning chapter. And what does it coincidentally not come back to? Diet and exercise and building these first things that Michael mentioned today with the high-protein, low-carb diet, the exercise program, the support. You do these things and you start coming out of your addiction um, challenge. And as you start coming out of that, you will now have the clearness on how to take the mm-hmm. road to go – and put yourself in a less stressful situation doing what you envision in your life.
1: Yeah, that's beautifully put. And, And the other point is, whether they were conscious of it or not, so many people have walked this road. Mm -hmm. So if you're challenged with an addiction, there's many people, even very famous people. If you look, you know, some, some people that have famously gone through addiction, they did very similar. Like they got, they started exercising, they got support. They started eating better. These are common threads to people going through and overcoming an addiction. And it's often the nutritional exercise piece that's not there. And it's also possibly the, the, Non awareness of what's causing it in the first place, like how is this, how is this cycle perpetuating itself? And if you're a parent or a friend of somebody and you see someone going down that road, you can explain to them, "Here's how this works, and how you can maybe make some shifts to to uh, to improve their life and support them in what they're doing."
0: And that's that's part of what, like I said, I want to reemphasize that we. We do this podcast, as we've said it before, as a service, and and, and it it does go along with the book. We we want you to have the book, and it's helping so many people, and and that spreading of the word is is already – we're seeing the impact of that because we're getting emails. We want to – send a quick shout out to those who have actually commented about this podcast thank you so much for those of you that have mentioned us on different blogs on your own like personal facebook posts about how the podcast itself as a vehicle in guiding you through the book and this life change that you're going through right. so that this all means a lot and the sharing is is really key michael my friend thank you for um, another good session really really in depth and uh, good stuff and i'm glad we revisited this topic
1: Absolutely. Excellent questions. And it, it was excellent. I really appreciate your, uh, your insights.
0: Looking forward to the next podcast reminder, even though we have officially now finished covering the chapters, we have lots more to come. We have some special guests coming up. We're going to have even more interactive, um, shows and believe me we've got we've got a long way to go in this service we provide to go along with the book the drummer and the great mountain again drummer dot facebook link twitter link social media links are all there for your continued feedback and support uh as far as the podcast please continue to give us reviews on itunes and the book on goodreads we'll have a brand new podcast for you as well next week and until then as always we say please take care of yourselves and your health be well
1: Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking or if you're experiencing extreme psychological distress.